How is this out and about? Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. All right, we're back. I got Nathan Beagle, a.k.a. Nate Dog, a.k.a. my handicap and homie here to help me break down uh, what could be the last game of the NBA season. Game six of the NBA Finals tips off Thursday, June 16th, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The Boston Celtics are down three games to two and are hosting the Golden State Warriors. Uh, recording this one Wednesday, June 15th. Um, but Nate, how did you do in uh game five? I, I know you've been on fire. Didn't been doing pretty well with the props. Did game five continue your uh, hot streak? Oh, so, uh, my props were two and two in game five, man. I had a tough, t- apparently I misjudged the mess out of how good, uh, Jalen Brown was about to play. He looked awful in, uh, Game five, and he was one of the players I bet on. He he got his attempts. He got five attempts. It really wasn't enough. He'd been averaging around eight, and uh, that was my one of the two that missed, and then my Boston plus three-and-a-half play missed. I mean, it looked kind of good when they closed it to one-point lead in the fourth, and they even, I think they even took the lead in the second half for a little bit. But uh, um, you just knew you knew Boston wasn't going to at least – you knew they weren't going to win that game, but I, I definitely figured they could have uh, – tied the spread i mean they're the best spread team in the nba so uh besides that jordan Poole's overhead thankfully uh we'll we'll talk about jordan Poole a little bit a little bit later if we want to give a little sneak peek but uh i was i was just really uh disappointed by boston tatum played a little bit better but overall brown was bad white's been horrible for them and you can see that in his minutes he only got 21 minutes where it's game one i'm pretty sure he was in the high 20s or 30s but the same can be said for Golden State. You know, they've been mixing and matching their lineup, and I think people are just trying to kind of figure out what works for them. It's uh, it's this is especially maybe it's just me getting older, but this this battle has been very uh, very much like a chess game to see who's going to play who and uh, which lineups are better against which lineups. I guess so. I don't know. I'm interested to see how it turns out, but I think uh, I think I'll side with Boston on Game Six again. I'm I'm interested to see your take on it. Yeah, well, if it's a chess game, Steve Kerr's kind of beaten up in M.A. Udoka. I mean, obviously he has just a much more experienced team, a lot better continuity. But, um, yeah, Steph Curry sucked. Um, Andrew Wiggins played really well, but Steph Curry was 0 for 9 from 3. They got out-rebounded the Warriors by 8. They hit two less three-pointers, attempted 16 less free throws, and won by double digits. To me, that is a that is a bad sign. That is absolutely absurd. And Tatum finally did something. He was 50% from the field, five for nine from three. Usually, I guarantee you, if you look up games, Tatum shoots 50% what the what the Boston win losses, it's probably triple the wins. I have no idea if that's true. Yeah. It feels yeah. like it is. My knock on Tatum or my one issue with him, his, his game this year, is that he kind of looks more like and feels more like a volume scorer than like a – a franchise like cornerstone at this yeah, point when you're putting the kobe jersey on you have to just be a volume scorer right he can't he can't do anything else i mean well kobe's won rings and showing up in the finals and yeah he had 27 game five but it just felt like he was getting his numbers and he wasn't really making an impact on winning that's why you can't just you can't just throw the kobe warm-ups on and then and then come out here and not win the finals. I feel like tatum should have known that yeah he's really channel channeling the kobe vibes and uh 
the Kobe, like the Mamba mentality, this whole finals. Isn't he taking like a couple like Instagram photos or had a couple Instagram photos with him like next to Kobe, like like uh like Photoshop yeah. photos. Yeah, and for um for what it's worth, I looked this up real quick. Celtics are twenty in the regular season, twenty four and six when Tatum was fifty percent from the field. So they 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 usually. How did you look that up so fast? That was pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, I got that got that quickness. Basketball reference, field goal percentage drop down, thirty games. Only had to count six losses. A little subtraction. Oh, okay. I work in finance. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, well, I went three and one in game five. I hit with the Warriors minus four and a half hit under Jason Tatum, 27 and a half points. Told you that extra point was going to that, that, come that's in handy. Been looking bad lately. I don't know. Are you going to keep hitting that? Is that a best bet again? Cause that's hit two times in a row for you, right? No, I'm going to, I'm going to abort this time. No, I actually, so I won on the bet slipping podcast record tracker that I'm keeping. But like, honestly, I, and I told everyone, like, if you're in Colorado, New Jersey, hit Tipico's 27 and a half because most of the sports books had it at 26 and a half. I can only get it at 26 and a half. So I got a nice little uh, win under my belt for my podcast record, but I, I, I took a financial loss. It sucked. Uh, and I think if, if we know anything about Jeff, you would definitely prefer, uh, you would have preferred it both to win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely want that. I, I actually would people. prefer the money. Yeah. <laughs> than the podcast the unit record. Unit play is bigger than my unit play. Let's just go with that. Um, what else did I uh, hit? Um, and I hit over Clay Thompson nineteen and a half points, which was I feel like a much bigger sweat than it needed to be. He had a garbage time three to put it over, but hey, got there. The one loser that I had was the Warriors um, third quarter money line. And we pumped out our Game 5 preview podcast a little ahead of the podcast that I actually listened to, the NBA podcast that I listened to. But after I listened to the other ones, it felt like everyone was on the Warriors' third quarter, and I knew it was just dead. Like, I knew it was dead. It's been the story for years. Yeah. And it's it's been emphasized the last few games, too. I mean, what was it? Games one through three. Well, I just feel like... I know you're answering the phone there, but... I just feel like nothing's more important than the pod. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, I mean that, that, that trend or golden States third quarter dominance, um, has been known for a long time, but it's also been cashing. I just, I, I was surprised that so many other podcasts were on that as well. And I felt pretty square. And then I saw like, certain sports book managers tweet out that, yeah, a bunch of people are betting the Warriors third quarter. So I knew it had turned out to be a sucker play. And then when the Warriors went into halftime up, I think double digits, I obviously thought that there could be some regression or uh, I like Boston to win the third period at that point. So whatever, one, three for uh, three for four, three and one in, in the game five bets. I actually, my playoff record is at 38 and 42 and I have four bets for this game six. I'm trying to, I'm trying to finish 500. I'll be down an ROI because you know, the juice and whatnot. But if I could just go, uh, end this NBA season with a 500 playoff record, that would make me feel really good. I've, I was terrible in the beginning, and I've I've really gotten it going here in the finals. I'm ten and five in my finals podcast bets, so I'm excited. Um, I wouldn't hate and 
Um, we'll get into the game right now. The Warriors are getting three and a half points. Money lines plus one forty, uh, minus one seventy five in Boston's favor. Their uh, their three and a half is minus one twenty on the juice, and the total sitting at two oh nine and a half with more money or more juice on the over. Um, I'm actually going to buy a point and take it to four and a half at minus one twenty, which I don't think is too expensive at all. Um, most books are dealing it at four, but Warriors do have it at, or Typico has the Warriors at three and a half. Um, but I like the Warriors to cover. I wouldn't hate if we got a game seven and I won my bet and, um, and got another chance to fire at some more NBA lines in game seven. But I like the Warriors just because their half court offense is much crisper. Um, I don't think Steph Curry has another terrible game, even though game six is in Boston. I could, I'm could. i still waiting for a Clay Thompson breakout performance. I know he had 25 and a losing effort, um, but I can still see him putting up 30 points. And I just like how buttoned up the Warriors have been, and especially when you factor in how clumsy Boston has been with their ball security and it doesn't seem like it's going to be a problem it's going to fix that's going to fix itself in this series it's going to take more continuity more uh, repetition with the new coach or the first year coach and just more growth and maturity out of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown so um, when I know we've talked about this and I've heard numerous podcasts mention how Typically, in these games, the spread doesn't factor in. You just take the team that you would bet on the spread, take their money line, and um, it should all even out. But I do think the spread could come into effect here in games six or seven if necessary. So I'm going to take whatever points I can get. I'll buy an extra point with the Warriors and take it up to four and a half. Um, But you kind of teased or foreshadowed how you're feeling about this game. Are you on Boston minus three and a half? Yeah, I'm on Boston minus three and a half. And I I think I, I don't love it. I think it's kind of kind of a trap line for the Warriors. Uh the Warriors are obviously you always want to bet them as favorites, especially after what we've just seen. So Boston, this was actually the first time in the playoffs they had lost back to back games, which is something to be said of that in and of itself. Also, I think it should be noted that there hasn't been a finals game within single digits. So the like you were going with, whether it's Boston or Golden State. I'm I'm not sure I would let three and a half even matter. I might even stretch to Boston minus four and a half because I just I don't think um I don't think that the three and a half is necessarily a huge number. I just like Boston this game basically because if you look at what they've done in the playoffs, they bounce back from games. Now I think game five was a little bit different. So every time Boston's lost in the playoffs, they've came back with a win by four or more, but except for game five. Why is game five different? Well, game five is different because the situations are different. You're entering game five and you're what on the road and you're in basically a must win situation for the other team. And the other team has three hall of famers on it. If you count Iguodala, who he is a hall of finals. Uh, MVP, we'll that's, talk that's about that's right. I cut you off. I don't think we need to. We'll talk about that later. Maybe yeah. four, maybe five. Who knows? But they, they have a lot of... Uh, Are you already putting Jordan Poole in the Hall of Fame? Who's the fifth? Yeah, yeah, Jordan Poole, Hall of Fame. James Steve Wiseman, Kerr, six, James, fuck it. James Wiseman, Hall of Fame. But either way, so they have multiple... Hall, they were never going to lose game five. That was probably a bad read. I just... I honestly, when I gave that out, I thought the game was going to be close. I didn't think um, necessarily that Golden State 
was going to lose. I just thought maybe finally we were going to get a close game, and I thought Boston was going to be able to give them to him. So Boston's actually the best 14-9 against the spread in the playoffs, and they're 28-13 at home during the regular season. And like I said, game four was a must-win situation, and they lost by 16. The Warriors weren't going to go down 3-2. The Warriors weren't going to go down 3-2 in game five when Boston was at home. And the Celtics were going into the fourth quarter just minus one after that run, despite Tatum being two for six from the line which you had those four points and those would be huge. And Brown was five for 18 from the field. So while we, you, you mentioned Steph has been incredible, Brown had, Brown was equally as awful in uh, game five. And while we expect it more from maybe Brown, given his experience in Tatum, it still is kind of showing that Boston has a ceiling that they haven't reached either. And um, Derek White and Brown going 0 for 8 from the field. I mean, Brown being a minus 19 and 44 minutes of play honestly makes you think the 10-point margin wasn't enough for Golden State in that game. And if you watched it, you felt the same way. Um, I think Boston minus 3.5, I, I think they bounce back. It's it's partially just a feeling, partially kind of just what they've shown this postseason to make me believe that. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, I wasn't... But I can't, yeah, I can't hear what you, what you say from the basketball logic side either. If you watch game five... You saw Steph missing some threes, and their offense did look a lot crisper. And you you saw Jason Tatum making some tough shots, but you could also see Boston getting a little home cooking some calls, and uh, I think that can sway it for sure. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest point um, is just the the home crowd officiating, um, and obviously Tatum and Brown could also go off in that game. I just the thing that I end up falling back on, or ultimately um, ends up deciding my my handicap here and and pushing me towards betting the Warriors is they just get a lot better looks in Boston Boston Boston's offense is it's just basic they essentially set screens uh for Tatum and Brown trying to get them on -on one-on-one matchups smaller guards uh, and iso sets and then Tatum and Brown will drive or uh try to try to collapse the Warriors perimeter defense and get a wide open look for um for for a teammate. Whereas the Warriors attack in a bunch of different ways, um, through Draymond, um, through obviously Steph Curry as a point guard and and um yeah, I mean the the end all be all for this one uh for me in this one is just how crisp how much crisper Golden State's half court offense is. But um, I wouldn't hate seeing a game seven just so I can get another crack at at going above 500 here in these playoffs. Um, but I have three player props here in this game that I'm looking at um, that I've already actually placed bets on. Do you have any player props? I have two, so I'll let you start with your first. Well, actually, before that, I, I have really nothing on the total. Uh, I'm just kind of stuck with this being a sharp number, 209.5. Um, but I still think the three-point shooting and three-point attempt rate for both teams could push this over the total very easily. Uh, I'm not taking the over, though, because games typically play under the total um, as series playoff series extend. So I'll uh, stay away from the total on this one. But do you have anything on the total? Uh, I think I just looked a little bit earlier. So it's pros, Joes, more more tickets on the over, money on the under. I like the under. I mean... It almost seems like a team is destined to not hit three digits, whether it be it's basically just been Boston as they haven't hit it in all their losses. But I don't know. I could see a 209 or a 109, 100, or I could see Golden State struggling. So 
I think the under is the safer play, but at the same time, I'm not going to kick myself when Curry has 40 and Tatum matches it. So uh, I'm staying away from it as well. All but right. I would prefer the under. All right. So you have two player props and I have three. I'll go first. Yes, sir. My favorite uh, player prop in this one, I'm going over Al Horford nine and a half points. Um, it's cheap. It's minus one of two on Tipico. I just think that Boston uh, needs to switch up their boring ass offense. It's just ISO plays for Tatum and Brown. I think they can run some plays for Horford um, as almost like a. Um, you remember how Memphis used to play through Mark Gasol as like a high point guard, high post point guard, or yeah. fa- I feel like that type of offense is hard to initiate late in postseasons though like they i feel like that that like you have to have like al horford is that type of player but you have to have that type of setup as well so yeah but don't you have to do something differently if you're boston yeah you oh you have to right you you, they know what you're doing and i uh, i don't want to go let me finish your first player prop because it it feeds so well into my player prop okay that that mindset so my yeah my my you know my feeling is that boston will want to switch it up um their their basic ass offense they can they can run, um, you know, like a high point guard situation like Marcus Ole did for Memphis or like obviously like a super, super poor man's Jokic or even like how, how Draymond organizes the offense for Golden State. I mean, uh, Horford's obviously got the outside shooting to make any any uh, defender press up on him. Um, and he, he could also bring Kevin Looney out of the paint, which would help. Boston grabs some offensive rebounds, ideally. And Boston's best postseason performance this year has actually been when Al Horford has, has chipped in offensively. Um, he's scored 10 or more points in 12 of his 22 playoff games in this postseason. Boston's record in that game in those games are 9-3. and three. So I think Boston knows how for, Al Horford needs to, to step up or they need to get something out of, out of players besides Tatum and Brown. Um, he should be getting 35 minutes in this game. Nine and a half points is easy. Three threes and a crappy, uh, a, a shitty foul call that sends him to the line could push this over. His point props up. My favorite player prop in this one's over. How horror for nine and a half points. How does that feed into your first player prop, though? So we were talking about it. And I think the way that this game's going, so... Jordan Poole has been crushing his player props. I told you guys, take his player props last game. His He went for 14 points. 14 points. His player prop was 12 and a half. His player prop is going down. It's at 11 and a half. And he has crushed that. This post, this post, this post, this post, this post. This post. And why is it going down? Because how Golden State is going to play Boston is not by playing Jordan Poole. And it's because exactly what we've been talking about. Jordan Poole... If you play... You, you're only going to play Jordan Poole in non-Steph minutes. And you're going to play Steph... 42 minutes and there's just no place for pool anymore if you looked in game game five if you watch game five you saw gary payton the second get 26 minutes he almost doubled pool just because he's not a liability defensively and he's actually they're significantly better with him on the court because he can defend tatum or brown and he can switch onto them so then your weak point again is curry and if curry's your weakest point that's fine it's better than pool being your weakest point so Poole has been a staple of their offense, but it's not how they should want to play their game right now. It exposes them too much defensively, and that's why he's seen his time go from 14 minutes, go down from 14 minutes from about 23. 
So he had 14 points last game on eight shots, but he was three for six from deep and three for three from the line. I like Jordan Poole. And one was a half court at the end of the third quarter. And one was a technical too, right? One was a technical free throw? Yeah, 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 I think that's right as well. I like Jordan Poole. You take those random things away. I mean, two of his six threes as well, where I remember, I remember this so vividly because I, it almost seems like when, when announcers say something, it sticks in your mind. I remember him taking a, a trash turnaround air ball three with 26 seconds left. And the announcer goes, well, these kids these days, they, uh, they just take threes whenever to get the two for one. I, in my day, I would get the, I would get the good look. And I was like, all right, champ. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but that, that he had in both the times where pool just took a late shot clock late quarter three they said that and because he's on the court then and i just i don't think this game is going to bode well if golden state is in it late it's probably not going to be pool on the court although i like pool i think under 11.5 at minus 113 is kind of a sharp number especially with it going down the sports books want you to take the over there and his involvement is just not there anymore so I'm using effectively the same logic for my next player prop too. I'm going under Derek White nine and a half points, which is minus one oh four. It's a clinch game. We're not gonna see a lot of Derek White unless he hits threes early. If that happens, you win some, you lose some. I'll lose this bet, that's fine. But like Tatum, Brown, and Smart are playing forty minutes this game. Like they're going to play at least 40 minutes each, right? So I don't know where they fit him in. I know they have some small ball lineups with Derek White, but Derek White's shooting has been inconsistent enough where even if he gets 20, 25 points, he doesn't necessarily need to finish with double digits. Um, He played out of his ass in game one, but has been (laughs) bun since. Uh, he's averaging from games two to five. He's averaging nine points per game on twenty nine percent shooting. And if you remember like those game one, that game one breakout performance, it was a lot of contested threes. Just it, the guy was pretty much it was it looked like a Disney movie. He was pretty much shooting with his with his eyes closed. Um, I, I just don't see him getting enough usage in this game with Boston's back against the wall. Um, also, it's not like he's creating his own offense. I mean, the matchups that he's gotten in this series has been um, Poole, which obviously um, uh, Derek White can score on Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's not a very good defender, but I don't see Boston running a lot of one-on-one sets with Derek White in a clinch game against Jordan Poole, and I don't know if either one of them are going to be out there enough for that to happen. Otherwise, Poole's being guarded by Steph Curry, who is... Uh, below average defender in this series but an average to an above average defender in the NBA as a whole and again like Derek White is not good offensively to exploit Steph Curry on a mismatch it's not like that otherwise Clay um, guarded Derek White a little bit when he was on the floor and so did Gary Payton if Gary Payton the seconds guarding Derek White Derek White ain't doing shit so I'll take under Derek White, nine and a half points. It's a cheap one as well. It's minus 104. Um, I got two cheap player props. Um, so I feel a little bit better about buying the extra point for the Warriors to get it up to four and a half. But uh, my second of my three player props is Derek White under nine and a half points. Uh, how about now, you? What else you got? I honestly love those. They're they're kind of playing on just how the game should go. Right. So this one might be... This one's the one I'm a little more hesitant on, but uh, so I would say Boston minus three and a half and then pool under are my two favorites. If you're feeling a little risky, you can ride this one with me. 
I'm fading Andrew Wiggins again, and I don't care. He's not doing what he did last game. It's I, not. I almost got there on that one too. I feel like he's down. He's due for. What's the player prop or what's the number? So this is where we we were going to get into this, and I was going to let you love this prop a little bit. So it is. So you've been talking for a while on the Jason Tatum twenty six versus twenty seven. Am I not right? That's been your. Yeah. That's been your lovely yeah. move. Well, I'm going to talk about the Andrew Wiggins seventeen versus eighteen. Or verse 19. So Andrew Wiggins. It's 18 and a half game, now, right? Last game it was 17 and a half. This game it's 18 and a half. It didn't matter last game. He had what 20 something? Uh, second most in his uh second most this postseason. He was 26, 13 for 23. He missed all six of his attempts. So he was just money from the within. Two 13 rebounds, two, two personal fouls. I don't really know why I said that, but um well, he's probably not he gonna was, get into foul trouble if we're being honest. He was money from within. He's a good defender. He shadows Tatum. He erupted to game five. This this prop went up one point. Wiggins has hit 18 points. 18 points. Like you were saying with Tatum, Wiggins has hit 18 in three postseason games. You're talking a seventh of the games he's played in the postseason. He has ended with 18. And I think one of the crazier things is that he's outplayed Tatum in the finals. I don't care if you want to say he hasn't. I would rather have had Wiggins. Sure, if, if things were switched and Wiggins needed to be more aggressive, it may be uglier. But Wiggins, his efficiency has been it's been way, way better to watch. But Wiggins has hit over over 18 and a half just five times in 21 games. And I'm not gonna bet I've already said this multiple times, but I'm not gonna bet the Warriors are gonna close this out. I think Wiggins is gonna be a player that struggles and I don't know, maybe in our game five pod, we said we they were going to force someone else to beat them. Well, Wiggins beat them, and I think they're just going to watch Stephen Curry light them up again. I think it's going to be more of a Steph play show than a, than a Wiggins show. So this number went up to 18 and a half, and again, it's 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 a little juiced. It's minus 135, and I'll, I'll definitely probably play something on it, probably a unit just to get a little something in return, but uh, it's a prop I like. I just I don't believe Wiggins is going to go for back-to-back. 20 plus point games. Yeah, I almost made that bet. He hasn't even done that this postseason. He's had over 20 four times. And every time after what? Every time after he hit 20, 12, 13, and 11. So he doesn't play well the next game after. No, you make great points. And I'm I'm probably going to end up making that bet too. That's how I was feeling. I was feeling like this is a sell high spot for Andrew Wiggins. And like you said, that one point makes a difference. Right, it was seventeen and a half last game. It's eighteen and a half now. He's averaging eighteen point four points in this in these finals. So that extra point could play a, a, a role here. Um, I mean, also he he hasn't been shooting that well from outside uh, or from three point land this series. Only shooting twenty five percent. And while he's been playing really well, he's hit a lot of tough contested like floaters, mid-range shots that could easily not go in. So I like that one. I might end up taking a piece of that one as well. But I'm actually fading another Warrior for my third and final player prop here. I'm going under Draymond Green 7.5 points in this one. Um, He played really well in Game 5 at home, right? It was pretty surprising. Not surprising, but it was kind of like a vintage uh, Draymond Green game. It was like, holy shit, this guy's busting ass, right? He had eight points. 
<laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't that good of a game really. I mean, he had eight, seven, and six, played awesome defense, and and was definitely a factor out there. Three for six shooting, but he's averaged five field goal attempts in games two through five in this series, and he was two for twelve in game one. Um, even if at this workload, three or five field goals uh, per game, if he if 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 that number. Um, if that's how many field goals he attempts in game six, even if he hits three buckets and one of them is a three-pointer, he's still under seven and a half points. Also, I think Robert Williams is going to be more of a factor in game six. Uh, Boston opponents are scoring 8.6 fewer points per 100 possessions in the playoffs when Williams is on the floor. He played 30-plus minutes in games four and five. I'm expecting 30 to 35 if probably 35 would be the max for Robert Williams in this game, but um, I, I expect him to be out there uh, more than any other game for the playoffs uh, for Boston in these playoffs. And uh, Williams is going to bring his best defensive effort um, of the season because it's a clinch game or their back is against the wall. And I think that definitely affects Draymond since Draymond's no longer an outside shooter. Most of his points or pretty much all of his points are going to come from within inside the arc. And uh, Robert Williams will be uh, in that vicinity to contest any shot from Draymond Green. So I'll go under Draymond Green seven and a half points. But I also really like your look uh, of Andrew Wiggins under 18 and a half. I thought that was a sharp prop as well that I might get down on myself. But... That's all I got for my game six bet slip. How about you? No, that's, I mean, that's it. I, I'm excited for it. I think we get a game seven, so we'll be back. And if that's the case, just be prepared. I, w- I will be prepared. Um, if there is a game seven, we'll record probably Saturday. Sunday. My, uh, you said Saturday. I, I'd prefer Sunday morning, but we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll pump out a we'll podcast. Be we'll for, be there for game seven. If the NBA season ends, um, ends uh, Thursday. Um, we're not going to do like a post-mortem in the NBA season. We're actually going to take a few weeks off, and then we're going to come back and start our NFL 2022 preview. Um, we're still working out specifically which divisions, um, uh, by, by order, which divisions we cover. Uh, but the first NFL preview podcast will be July 6th. Um, we'll sprinkle in a British Open podcast, um, which is July 17th is when the British Open starts. But uh, most of the podcasts from here on out are going to be NFL-related. Um, we'll brief you guys on which divisions we're covering and um, the the schedule when we finalize it. But if, uh, if the Golden State Warriors close this puppy out, we'll be talking to you guys in the beginning of July for football season, which, holy shit, I cannot wait for. I miss football so much. I might get emotional in front of you guys when we start talking football. USFL playoffs, baby, get ready. I don't even acknowledge that thing's existence. Does Donald Trump still own the USFL? I have no idea. I know Fox doesn't. He owns Fox, so it sounds all good. We're not getting political here. I like that, though. I like that little jab. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, best of luck to you, to you, homies, whether you fade or follow us. Um, if the Warriors lose, we'll talk to you guys for game seven. If not, we'll be, uh, we'll be previewing the NFL in our next bet slipping podcast. Peace. Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. 
You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. 